you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Here in Arizona, Cardinal, how, how does it sit with you? I saw what you said afterwards that nine teams in front made a mistake. I love that. Yeah, I mean, I was pretty pissed off as I was sitting in the green room. I was seeing teams go by and pick some other quarterbacks that I think I'm very, very uh, clearly better than. Um, and I thought I was going to get called. I thought I was going to go up and have to fake a smile. I thought I was going to have to um, pretend I was happy to be wherever I was. But for some reason, all that went away. And, like, real, authentic, true joy and determination set in. Uh, the second I got a phone call, my agent, had, my phone didn't work for some reason. And my agent got the number, and he tapped me on the shoulder. I saw him, and I... It was one of the it was one of the coolest feelings I've ever had in my life, and I just yeah. I'm more motivated than ever. I honestly would have walked straight off that stage to a plane in Arizona if I could. I love it. David, football, football, David. The Dave Damashek Football Program available on Apple Podcasts and at NFL.com/ddfp. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. A delightful young man. I really enjoyed my conversation with him on draft night 2018. That was the voice of Josh Rosen, of course. A little, a little raw that he didn't get drafted higher. Now he may be on the move. He may not be. We have to get to the bottom of that. And so many other pre-draft issues. All the world of pro football continues to spin, even though we're just barely into April. Seated to my immediate left to help break it down. Uh, you know what I didn't say? I didn't say hi and hello and welcome to the Damashek football program. I want to do it, though, Matt Money Smith, because I wish to honor Zaxby's famous fingers, wings and salads. Matt Money Smith. I love just Zaxby's. mentioned his name. Do you love Zaxby's? I do. Really? I do love Zaxby's. I can't wait. To, yeah, I'm going to yeah. be out in Nashville. I'm going to great gonna stuff. Have it all. Yes. Big, big. Fan. You know, I like to embrace the local fare. When I go on the road, uh, I, you know, we did it in Pittsburgh. When I went to Permanthes, I was just in Salt Lake City. I cannot. I saw you buzzing about the I Buffalo. I am telling you right now, this place, Caputo's. And when I wrote it, everyone's like, yeah, you idiot. It's been there forever. It's freaking awesome. It's an institution. It's the best mouflette I've ever had in my life. Zaxby's I always go to. Uh, I've called a game. What have I, I called a Memphis State game, basketball game once, hit it up. I've been out there in Nashville to call football games, and I absolutely love it. So well, I yes. A big so, winner. So we will be out there, and we are, um, just to put it on your radar now, early in the week, I think, what, about Tuesday or Wednesday of draft week, we're going to go to a Zaxby's. I'm not sure which one. Do you know Eddie Spaghetti behind the glass? I don't know exactly which day yet, but we 100% are doing a show from a Zaxby's in Nashville. So there you go. You can have a done side of Damashek uh, while you enjoy your wings and salads and so on and so forth. Um, so be on the lookout for that if you are in the Nashville area. Uh, make sure you're tuned in or follow at Damashek, and we'll let you know specifically where we're going to be, what night, and so on. Meantime, how are you, Matt Money Smith? It's been it's been a long time, a month since uh, since you shadowed the door of Studio 66. Muzzle Tov, first and foremost, on uh, on the success of Million Dollar Mile. Thank you. You can see it on um, CBS 9 p.m. Wednesday. 
depending on when you're listening to this, well, even if you're yeah, doesn't stays at night. It doesn't really depend on when you're listening to it. That's when it airs. But anyhow, muzzle tub on you. the success to you and Tebow and the rest of the game. Appreciate it. Uh, it was fun. It was a wacky. Last week was kind of like the probably one of the crazier weeks I've ever had. Uh, Monday, we have the local L.A. sports awards that I was kind of roped into taking part in. Had a wonderful sit down conversation with Aaron Donald um, as he was named the co-sportsman of the year. Very likable, as you well know. You've talked to him before. He's a great dude. Um, well, we that's where we have a little intersection there, money, because, of course, Aaron Donald, before he starred for the L.A. Rams, started at Penn Hills and then at Pitt. One year, so. And he said, uh, I was talking to him before we went on because we were off stage. Uh, it was shot live to tape. So we're waiting for our call to go on and have our, our conversation, our interview. And uh, I said, how long are you out for? He's like, oh, I'm, I'm leaving tomorrow morning. I said, where are you going? He said, I'm going back to Pittsburgh, man. I said, what do you do back there? He's like, man, we still, that's, he goes, that's what I got to do. I got to go back there, work out. I still got the same house that I grew up in. He's like, I still got my same gym, you know, my, my old weights, the cement weights that I like to bang out, uh, you know, when I'm back there. It was really cool that he just that he still cool. does that. And uh, yeah, well, apparently those old weights are working based on yeah. the social media images he's been pushing out. And of course, it continues to upset me, though, on some level, because he put one out last week with him and James Conner, both ripped up, both pit products, both struggled to go seven and five when they were uh, wearing that pit uniform. Very strange. What, well, how that how this doesn't amount to dominance in college football, I have no idea. has come through that pit Panther uniform. And for whatever reason, you know, you get to 10 wins, you feel like it was a huge success. Uh, as opposed to actually challenging for a conference title. Well, a conference title that will put you into the national championship. But so you did that. Did that. And then, of course, so that you was made Monday. your big network tape. Well, uh, not your, you were on, of course, uh, Nathan for you. Yes, Nathan for you. I did the... Um, I did uh, the play-by-play for his uh, Clove or Clove Shame episode was uh, my Nathan for you. Excellent. So, but yeah. So Wednesday, I've got I had something on Tuesday, and I can't remember what it was. But Wednesday was the debut of Million Dollar Mile. I hosted the premiere here in L.A. for all the studio execs and all that. Maria Taylor did it in New York, and of course Tim Tebow was still playing baseball. Thursday's Dodgers opening day, so I'm doing the broadcast live from the field, nine to noon. First pitch is at one o'clock. So grinning and gripping with all the Dodgers executives, Stan Caston. Would they? Like 48 home runs or something. Eight in that home first runs game? in that game. That was crazy. Um, and that's always a blast because you're on the field. So everybody who's walking by just stops and starts chatting you up. Ned Coletti, Steve Garvey, Stan Caston's making fun of you while you're on the air. You're talking to him in the commercials. It's a blast. Uh, and is then, there anything more pristine? I saw you on social media. There is something so glorious about that green grass at, in Chavez Ravine. I don't know if it, I think it used to always win the award for the best. Um, field the best quality it's got to be out there I mean it just you want to you just want to sleep on it you know you just want to turn get rid of your bed and just sleep in uh, in the infield at Dodger Stadium and they do that they do a camp out where they put a movie up on the Diamond Vision there and you'll watch like the Sandlot or something spend the night out in the outfield but the the thing that always gets me and I don't know if this is because I I grew up in a neighborhood that wasn't that affluent so our baseball fields were kind of crappy you know they the 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 dirt was hard Mm -hmm. Uh, there was a rock filled infield you know there were holes if you had a grass infield if you were lucky enough to play on one of those diamonds it was holes everywhere it was a you know the ball if someone hit a rocket grounder chances were 50 50 it was going to pop straight up in the air and bust your nose because Mm -hmm. the ground was so unlevel but the thing that always gets me when i'm on the field at dodger stadium is the dirt because it's not it's not really dirt like you would think it is there's like these tiny little rocks that are in it and i don't know why they do that what it is because i'm like man it kind of hurt a little bit i think might tear your you know, your, your pants up a little bit there. If you're really sliding hard with uh, that particular, it's not, it, there's rocks in it and, it, and they're super small I know and granulated, but about. it is odd that that's, the, that's what they choose. I am always struck by when you stand on an NFL field with its synthetic uh, pseudo grass, pseudo um, whatever. The turf, yeah, that. Turf. It has those little black rubbery pellets in it, and guys say that it gets in your eye. And of course, well, how couldn't it get in your eye? Yeah, they're tiny. Like, they're popping up all over the place. That's the yeah. best. That's I, the best uh, solution. I guess Fair that's God. the cushion, you know. So I guess when you get so, tackled, yeah. that's what gives you the little bounce and uh, in the cushion. It's very weird when yeah. you when you see it up close. That also reminds me, opening day. I think I told this recently. I'm going to just mention it again because it's what I think about when baseball season starts. Back um, when I was on uh, local ESPN, up against uh, the impossible task of trying to take down the uh, I wasn't trying to take it down I was just trying to carve out a little (laughs) space but but the the juggernaut Matt Money Smith and Petros Papadakis radio show wouldn't have it they they, had no way 
There's a, your gum on our shoe. But anyway, I remember I went over there to Chavez Ravine, Joe Torre, the new skipper of the LA Dodgers. I had gotten a, a an exclusive one-on-one. The gaggle went, there were probably 15, 20 guys. They surrounded him in the dugout. Then when they finished their business, now it was Damashek time. Stink eyes. Spotlights on you. Stink eyes from Bill Plasky and everybody else. Why does Damashek get the ah, one-on-one? Who's with? this? Yeah. Why, well, what is he doing in there? Tory, Tory is seated like some sort of baseball royalty, I guess, in the dugout. He's not seated on the bench. Nay, his feet are on the bench part and his bum is on the back. Of, so he can uh, look down at the gaggle. Right. So he's up. So he's perched up kind of high there. And like I say, he had just moved from New York. And um, so I go to meet him and I'm very nervous. I've not interviewed very many people at this point in my career. And um, I, I so to meet him, I jump up onto the bench. Uh, you know, my feet land on the bench to greet Mr. Tory. And as I, as I as I as I go up there. I bonk my head real hard on the cement. It's poured concrete on the cement ceiling of the dugout. And I really like saw stars. And I just thought that would be the greatest thing ever. If I woke up in Joe Torrey's lap, like (laughs) with him, just like pouring water on my face, like wait, slap in your face. You You okay, dummy. You okay. Come on, young man. Then he got mad at me. I asked him. uh, So obviously you're familiar with this story money. Have Mm -hmm. I told it too many times? No, but tell it again. It's a good one. Tori, uh, we, we got our failures are always appreciated by listeners. We did. We did some nice, you know, we had a nice couple of moments early on. I, I joked with him about Andrew Jones was about to pass Joe Tori in career RBIs. He was new to the Dodgers as well was Andrew Jones. And I said, do you think, um, Joe, that if he gets too close to that record that you might start uh, pinch hitting for him, but Hey, lay it down, lay down the bun here. Andrew Jones. I know I'm the cleanup hitter skip. Like, yeah, I know but this is what's best for the team Funny and just question. keep him from doing that. He was delighted by that. Yeah. I'm going to give that, I'll take that under consideration. Then I guess imbued with a little bit too much okay. confidence. He's chuckling. He likes my humor. Here we right. go. I said, Joe, they made a movie about your life. Um, star- starring Paul Sorvino a couple of years ago. Um, of all the people under the sun that could have played you, Hollywood went with Paul Sorvino. Are you flattered or insulted by that? And he said, uh, Paul's a dear friend. And then we <laughs> So who you bet and lead off? <laughs> then we moved on. And and then a couple of minutes later, I don't know what got into me. The devil got in me, I guess, because then I said, uh, uh check. Now that you've moved across the country, at least you can say, uh, um at, at, at least we don't have to deal with Billy Crystal anymore. And uh he said, uh, Billy's also a dear friend. And that was the end of it. It didn't go. It didn't go that well. It didn't go. It didn't turn that, out that love well. That 61. Masterful. <laughs> what he did with that. You know, masterful. The highlight as it turned out was me bonking my head yeah. on the on the dugout. Hey, enough about me. We got to know. We got to do one last thing. Go ahead. One last thing on baseball. Got to read a tweet here. Ooh. Because we got to do a little follow up. Oh, yeah. We're at, don't listen. Don't worry. These Let's go are back to March days. 28th. Let's go back to March 28th. Listen, I just want to tell you in advance, Eddie Spaghetti. I mean, I want to tell you, Matt Money Smith, Eddie Spaghetti is, I mean, it's really a roller coaster of emotion for him. But earlier in the week, Evan Ingram shadowed our door. This thrilled that New York Giants fan. Then again, there are rumors that the Giants are looking to retain Eli, not just for 2019, but perhaps <laughs> to extend him into 2020. His Yankees are a mess. He's, his blue shirts are uh, are so shameful. They didn't even make the playoffs in hockey. It's so anyway, be careful. He needed he needed a little uh, pick me up and he Trend got it on opening day. All. He got it on opening day, March 28th. <clears throat> I'm not even trying to be arrogant, but I honestly feel <clears throat> let me do it again. I'm not even trying to be arrogant, but I honestly feel like 95 percent of Yankee games will go like they did today. A few homers, solid pitching from the starters. Great BP work. Don't really have to sweat out the win. BP word <laughs> bullpen. That's that's after one game against is ninety five percent of the games are going to go that way. They're going to win a lot. Then. Yeah, they're going to win one hundred and forty games. <laughs> is what they're going to do if they go like this. I have high hopes for the Yankees. Like you just said, Rangers stink. You know, the Giants last season obviously went the way it did. Knicks are in line for the number one overall pick. It's like the Yankees are the team that I'm really pitching yeah. my wagon to right now. And yeah, then they lost against Baltimore. They lost two or three to Baltimore. I think, I think we could probably have a they, conversation about the worst team in baseball. Are, yeah, sure. It's probably Baltimore. They and they lost. Two to, they two or three. They, they lost the next two. 
<laughs> if they play, what what do interdivision like? If you're in the AL East, you play them what, 19 like 18, times? 19 18, times, yeah. They might lose to the Orioles 12, 13 times this year. They just they have their number. They, they can't beat them. But yeah, uh, that was ninety five percent of the games. Ninety five <laughs> after one after I, nine innings. We'll get back to Spaghetti's tweets in uh, in just a little bit. I uh, I trust that we will at least. We have much to discuss. Like I say, Josh Rosen. Perhaps he'll find himself wearing Big Blue's uh, number three jersey by the time training camp. What do you think of this? What do you think of number 35 for Josh Rosen? If you're the Raiders, and I, I think they're, I don't think they want to roll with Derek Carr. That's just the vibe that I get, that he's, he's not their guy. I do want to say, go back. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but do go back and listen, because on the most recent DDFB, we had Evan Ingram, and we, had, uh, we also had Joe Hayden, who had some great insights on the Steelers 2018 and 2019. So some interesting stuff with, with two teams that uh, are, at, the, at minimum, going to be awfully compelling in August and September, and we'll see where they go from there. Before that, we talked to David Carr, of course, older brother to Derek Carr. And I I mean, there's a palpable sense in the Carr family. Like, yeah, this is great. As long as Derek keeps the gig. Yeah. I but think we don't know that he's going. If you're, if you're the Raiders and you, because to me, this whole, like, you know, we've done this long enough and I'm not saying that I'm some sort of draft expert, but come on, man, you really think I'm going to fall for the whole Dwayne Haskins, Kyler Murray? No, you want a team to jump ahead of you to take Haskins so you can have more of a choice for that defensive linemen that you want you know whether it's Quinnen or if it's Josh Allen or if it's Nick Bosa that's what they're doing they want a team to jump ahead of them that is quarterback needy so then you get your linemen there right interesting you, know, okay. you get Quinnen or you get Allen or by some miracle Nick Bosa slides to you and then you got your two picks in the 20s where you can get like a nice Josh Jacobs you know who's probably going to slide because it's an under because it's a position that you shouldn't draft in the top five let alone number two you That's a your shot Josh. of your team, Spaghetti. I was looking right at him. You get your Josh Jacobs. Mm-hmm. Now you got Antonio Brown. You got Josh Jacobs, right? And then maybe get, you know, a premier young wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Get get a get a Marquise Brown. Get Or take a swing on Jonathan Simmons, you know, who's, you can redshirt him for a year, get a top five talent at the defensive line. Now you're looking, because you're not going to win anything this year. You're not winning the division this year. So get Simmons. Redshirt him until next year. And now you got Mo Hurst. You got Quinn and Williams or Josh Allen and Jeffrey Simmons next year. And then, then you take number 35 if they're not getting any first round offers and you trade it for a guy that we know John Gruden loves, at least that's kind of, you know, he, mm-hmm. he was kind of one of his guys there. In the that ideal draft last year. kind of John Gruden QB. Bang. Right. And you don't have to sink any money into it because they already paid the first year. So your average, I think your average salary for the final four years of the deal is like 6 million bucks. On John, it's nothing. You get out of the 27 million bucks or whatever it is that, that cars owed down to six. And it's like, Holy crap. They really navigated that whole Khalil Mack disaster pretty well. I Listen, so far, so good for, I don't know if it's Mayock, if it's Gruden, some combo, the way the uh, the um, the C has, uh, has shifted in their favor, whatever. They are now set up, and we talked about this with, with uh, David Carr, is I would, I'd be hard-pressed. I love the idea of sort of, it's not the PR reason for it, but even that is compelling as far as I'm concerned as you move out to, to Vegas if you're the Raiders. If you use those first three to just get three blue-chip defensive studs, I just think that sounds and looks great. The defense is hereby fixed. Look at this. We've got right. these five-star guys on defense. At least we hope. We, we feel really good about how deep this this draft is defensive. Yeah, no question. I mean, look, they have to but, turn into players. They're but just also, names. Al Davis, you talk about what John Gruden likes, and it's Josh Rosen, and Al Davis would have loved Marquise Brown. That's a, that's a classic yeah. um, Al Davis kind of wide receiver there with that uh, high-end speed. That makes some sense, too. You put him and the relationship between he and Antonio. Imagine that. I mean, not... And Tyrell Williams. And about- you don't have a rookie QB. You got a guy who throws a beautiful ball, throws a beautiful deep ball. Now, granted, you got to help you got to help him on that offensive line. We saw what a mess that was. They kind of year. already have. They signed Trent Brown, you know, whether or not Colton can sort it out on the other side. Oh, no, but they got a good center. They have decent interior linemen. I mean, to me, that makes so much more sense than because I, I and again, this is under the premise that Carr's not their guy. He's just he's I agree. He's not their guy. It's a funny thing, though, and I don't know how much, uh, you know, 
how big a kerfuffle it would end up being with Antonio Brown. But we know that when you shake things up or he doesn't like the way a roster looks based on the last three or four months, we know that he's not uh, shy about voicing his opinion. He's now been working out with Derek Carr since he got traded. Now, it's only been a fortnight or thereabouts. Nevertheless, those two, all the, the video cameras there or not, he's going to Derek's uh, son's birthday party and they're running they're the inflatable out every day. Course. How's that going to go? Oh, yeah. We're, yeah, we're going to get rid of him. We're going to get the rookie in here. We're going to get the uh, sophomore who didn't have a great. Uh, I would just sit season. him down and I would I would get the get the film on and go. Hey, I want you to watch this deep ball. See what I mean? OK, let's go get Josh. I guess. Break. Yeah, I mean, I guess so. But um, and if you're the Giants and you got 17, why wouldn't you trade that for Josh Rosen? I don't get what the that's f- what I don't get. It's like, I mean, what the heck? Are you kidding me? I, I, I don't I mean, it sounds dumb to say because he was a top 10 pick last year. But for some reason, trading 17 for Rosen, I was like, ah, oh, no, I really got a right tackle there. Oh. But if we could trade 37 for him, totally different ball game. But I don't know if that's even feasible. All right. We have a lot to to continue to yes. talk about. I want to Sorry. talk about we're talking Derek Carr and John Gruden both have heaps of pressure on them in 2019. We'll get into who has the most pressure in just a minute here. But first, Matt Money Smith has done it again. He is the jack of all trades, a renaissance man here in the 21st oh, century no. oh, with no. few equals in terms of breadth of talent. And with this new television show, Million Dollar Mile, do it hosting and play-by-play of the events that are going down on your TV, called by Matt Money Smith, caught the eye and the ear of Kent Brown's mom. She's <laughs> given a review. Oh, this is too good. Of Million Dollar Mile on a, Matt Money Smith. This is the, this is Eddie the Spaghetti. I don't listen to these in advance either. So if there's any setup required, please provide it now. Uh, no, I believe she just calls Ken, just, uh, just saying, you know, that she watched, uh, Money's new show and she gives a very, uh, 30 second review of okay. the show. Let's hear. Not just the show, but also Money himself. Okay. Good. Yeah, Kent, I have that show on. Uh, that guy looks nothing like I thought he'd look like. The white guy with glasses and you. got his hair all slicked back. Yeah, these people are scaling a 15 story building. This is insane. All right, yeah, but you know how when somebody's on the radio and you're talking on a podcast and you're imagining what they look like, he doesn't look like anything I thought he'd look like. Okay, love you, bye. (laughs) White guy with his hair slicked back. I mean, no, like, he looks much younger than I thought. He looks, uh, he's more attractive. He's much more handsome than I thought. Or, you know, he's, I thought he was a kind of tall, dark, and handsome guy. And he's just kind of weird looking. Like, none of that just, eh, doesn't look anything like I thought. Well, what did you think I looked like? And and what do I look like? You're not as vain as I, Money. (laughs) How does that, because I get that all the time. I get all the time. Like, whoa, you look very different than you sound. I get it all the time, and uh, it's usually complimentary. They typically say, I assumed you were like some 50-plus, 300-pound guy that have a heater in his mouth, you know, and, and just is – that. which I get. I, I guess I get. You know, it's it's a bit of a big voice, you imagine. Or they'll say, oh, I thought – you know, if, if it's a negative, they're like, God, I just kind of envisioned you as being kind of like maybe 6'3", six, 6'4", six, broad-shouldered. I'm like, I, no. I, I figured you'd be handsome. Yeah. You know – like, yeah, no, else. I'm uh, built built like a 16-year-old girl. Spaghetti. What am I supposed yeah. to think about that when people say about me that I should uh, that they that they thought I'd look a lot different? How should that? How should I take that? What did I, they think I looked like? I don't, I mean, well, I don't want to make fun of you, but I heard recently might have been Days of Thunder where somebody said you're shorter than I thought. <laughs> Which I thought was shorter than I. What, what, what am I? Six seven? What am I? Um, Six feet tall. Well, you should nice take height. that. You should take that as like a prideful comment that people thought you were at least like you know surpassing the. I see. Mark. I'm such a giant with words yeah. that people assume that, Correct. of course, my. I would think it's a, you know not to you know me. I don't I don't I don't throw the uh, compliments around regularly in this space. Uh, I would take it as a compliment. I think they probably see you and they're like, oh, with with that voice. Because you regularly speak to what the the voice sounds like in your ear. No, I, no, I don't it. know what it sounds like. What, what's that sound like, Matt Money you know, Smith? I mean, you, you speak to <laughs> what what you sound like when you're uh, when you're talking, and I think they see you like, oh, hey, kind of little. They thought I'd dark like, and handsome there. They thought I'd look like a blend between Howard Cosell and Myron Cope. I, I think that's and accurate. Gilbert Godfrey. Uh, there, there's that too. <laughs> <laughs> so I would. I think for you, it's more complimentary. For me, it's more. Oh, you. 
you're you're just a tiny little wee man is what you are. You're just a, a skinny little waif of a human. That's uh, that's disappointing. A pot belly. Um, so there you have it, money. I don't know that's if great. that ranks as the pinnacle of your career. It's got to be top that's 10, fun. but you've now been reviewed by Kent Brown's mom and she Good reviews stuff. all the big ones, you know. Basically, I think if I'm going to take away anything, it's uh, looks nothing like I thought. And uh, the show was on TV. <laughs> That's kind of what I take from that review. They're climbing 15 story buildings. It's it's insane. All right. OK, that's it. That's all I got. What did we think money about as we continue to pour through the current events of pro football? What did you make of um, the Levy and Bell? <laughs> I thought that was really funny. <laughs> Levy and Bell. What do you think, everybody? Fire or garbage? And then uh, Keenan Allen <laughs> chimes in <laughs> from the other coast. So good. Like, <laughs> uh, I, I'm my mama. <laughs> it's garbage. It's, it's, it's trash. My favorite one was uh, as I was going through the comments, which is awesome. I can't recommend that enough. Really funny. Um, was when one Twitter uh, folk, one one Twitter person wrote, "Why can't it be both?" <laughs> it took the fire and it put it into the trash to make it hot trash. <laughs> I'll say this: um, in 2019, Auto Tune has become the doting parent that tells their child they have a beautiful voice mm-hmm. and they should keep boy singing. oh boy is that well said that's that's what's happened and um it's it's one of the worst pieces of music i've ever heard it's and i i mean that i i hear a lot i've heard a lot of music in my life and it is quite possibly one of the worst one of the worst composed um delivered it, it's it's were it not for autotune, it would without question be the worst. Um, but the would fact that autotune, be a couple yeah. of things. First of all, our pal Will Blackman also weighed in. It's funny that this now that the floodgates are open, people are now chiming in. It's now safe to let Levy and Bell know that this was not high. This end. is terrible. Will Blackman said, you know, whatever. I just had higher hopes given that he had a year and a half. You're not hopping in the you're studio. Not, you don't have an eight-hour window in the studio that you got to bang this out. You've had a year and a half. Yeah, you, it wasn't like, yeah, we, we well, we had to practice all week. And then, of course, we're traveling for the games all through fall. Like, no, no, you had nothing but free time, Lev. What were you doing with yourself? Like, <laughs> Rebecca Black's Friday is so much, is a much better song. It's a much better song than what Lev Bell has. Like there's actual structure. There's a verse. There's a hooky chorus. Granted, she's got some pitch issues, but she's not on autotune. Um, I mean, clearly Le'Veon Bell, even with autotune, still has pitch issues, which lets you know how bad his delivery and his voice is. But like there's a bridge in it. It's like, uh, I don't know who kind of told you how music works, but um, this isn't it. Like this isn't. This isn't how you make a song. <laughs> this isn't what you do. It hit my ear as being exceptionally poor. But we have to get to the bottom of all Lev Bell-related matters with one Maurice Jones-Drew. He, we have not seen him in a month either now, Eddie Spaghetti. And we must sit with Maurice. And in fact, we should also get Levy and Bell while we're talking to Maurice Jones-Drew to settle all hash. I don't want Levy and Bell going up to New York and just setting aside as he's attempted to do Pittsburgh. He's disparaged the good people of Pittsburgh. I'm not allowed to rap in Pittsburgh. They want me to just sit around and play video games. First of all, tell Juju Smith-Schuster that. Seems like he's finding plenty of time without much pushback sure. to do that from the uh, populace in uh, on the banks of the Three Rivers. So it's a, that's a weird charge. But also, I, w- I, w- I want it to be clean. I wish 26 nothing but the best up in New York. Well, it uh, well, is we'll just another another chapter of the book, uh, Athletes Who Think They're Rappers. Well, and, uh, think, rarely does it end well. I've talked with one Willie McGinnis about this on a few occasions. It really would be interesting, not just for the highs, but now also for what's been revealed here, the lows. We should get a show of Keenan Allen and Casey Hayward and Will Blackman just as a starter. Like they, they've already <laughs> revealed themselves to be sure. fine judges. And we just bring all NFL players before them to judge. And we see like talent show. What about that? Talent show, spaghetti. I can I give my take on the Le'Veon Bell for somebody. I'd rather you to, didn't. Well, I was gonna I saw some reviews saying that all music now, kind of like what Money was saying in 2019, is that auto-tune and his is not that much different than from other popular rappers. So why is his way worse than others? 
Oh, it's much different. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Even with auto tune, if you just listen to the beat, like where he decides to shift the beat now, I'm like, okay, so here's, here's my verse and here's, you know, that that's one, right. Is, is his transitions are off. They don't really line up. There's, there's not a rhythm to them. Um, his, I think his verses are, his lyrics are terrible. Um, you know, I mean, there's there's very little to the imagine. There's very little left to the imagination. You know, when you when you get a lyric sheet, you're like, oh, I want to figure out what this song's about. And you're trying to get into it. Yeah, there's nothing there. I mean, it's just it's, it's surface level. Uh, they wouldn't pay me. So, 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 so I'm going over here and they paid me. So, 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 so I got my money now. And it's like, OK, yeah, that's just kind of help me out here. Let me let me think a little bit to try to figure out what you're what you're going with here. I will also say. That in general, on social media at least, and that's uh, our primary source for how Levy and Bell's feeling, there's an awful lot of, at least once a day it seems since the Jets thing, that there's a declaration of joy, that this is the happiest he's ever been. A little bit, you know, sometimes, sometimes when you keep making those announcements, who are you trying to convince of that? I think it's the man in the mirror, perhaps. <laughs> I think for Lev, just to kind of put a, a bow on it, and what the hell they do, you know, nobody cares what the hell I think about music anyway, so whatever, we can all have our own opinions. But I think, you know, the the uh, the old adage to follow applies to the workplace. Yeah, if you want to ask for a raise, just be careful about the answer you might hear when you walk into that boss's office. So you want to lay down a track and you want to put it up on Twitter and, I like and that go it was smash your trash. Yeah, like, you could have called uh, me. That's not what you asked me to do. No, you, said, you, put a, you put a fire opinion. emoji and you put a trash can emoji. Seems clear cut there. Lad. So uh, we're playing a little, uh, playing a little game of make it or break it. I've asked you this. We don't need to belabor it uh, before. Uh, I've asked you this before, but with the uh, occasion of Mick Jagger's um, health and the, the delay of the in his heart now still, uh, who do you have as the best front man of all time? Freddie Mercury. And I know that's a much easier sell now because of Bohemian Rhapsody having come out. But yeah, Freddie Mercury. I still go with uh, Jagger's. Uh, yeah, totally fine. And, and totally fine else. with uh, with Jaggers. Spaghetti's going to awesome. go better. Spaghetti's no. going to go better. Here no, we go. I won't do that. No, I was going to say, I, I got my dad tickets for the, for the Stones. Oh, and, did you? Yeah, now they canceled. Yeah, it's a bummer. So, new gift. It's a bummer now. Jagger, I think, is to me, it's that that's one A and one B for rock frontmen. Uh, now, if if Axel could have, you know, perhaps not fallen down that sad uh, shoot of, of drug riddled addiction, uh, he was something pretty damn special when he came on the scene. Uh, when it came to commanding a stage and just being something different, like we hadn't really seen or felt a little bit, but uh, I told you, STP, uh, what's his name, Scott, Scott Weiland, was, he had was great a command. revelation when I uh, when I saw him. I had no expectation from STP, but was uh, struck by how great he was. And I can never remember his name, but uh, our mutual pal Jason Luckin for another, uh, you know, hardcore really. Well, loves hardcore loves music, hardcore, but yeah. also has a hardcore understanding of music. But Fishbone's front man. Yeah. Um, that little uh, uh I just ran into him, skew. too. Oh, my gosh. Why am I not remembering his name? Um, the guy with the cane? Yeah, yeah. Um, son of a gun. It's going to kill me. Look it up for me, Eddie. Uh, front man of Angelo. Angelo. Right? Angelo. Um, I just ran into him. Awesome front man. But that to me, like, I'm just talking big rock. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. you know, when I you get you. into hardcore and you're getting into HR from bad brains and like that's that's just a different sort of deal. Angelo um, Moore. Angelo. Yeah. Just ran into him. Uh, I'll plug something else I did. Sublime documentary, I think, is uh, premiering at the end of this month in New York. No Tribeca way. Film Festival. Matt Money Smith. How about this? Blowing up in big time. No. Let's I, this is uh, this is one of my favorite. When we get into these um, cornucopia shows where we don't just talk pro football, but we talk game of life with Matt Money Smith rank among my favorite episodes. And that's where we find ourselves. Let's get back to pro football. Yes. Jordan Howard to, to the Eagles. How say you? I think it's I think it's more of just a depth thing for them. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they're thinking Josh Jacobs, if he's there to me, that makes a lot of sense for them. Um, just a full service back three down back someone who's super talented, but yeah, I think for a sixth, you know, he's, I mean, Jordan's been great, right? He's been, I think he's just kind of right in that conversation with, with Zeke and, and Gurley and guys. What is who, it? Is it, but is it, is it that he's considered because he did do some pass catching a little bit last year. He wasn't on the field as much as I think people who are advocates of his would have liked to have seen versus Tariq Cohen, just because he obviously can bang a little bit in, in December and January. That's the, at least if you buy the old school rhetoric, that's what you want out there. I do think that that is what, 
what they missed last year, these Eagles, was, sure. was, was that banger, obviously, without Blunt and then Ajayi. We said that last August. If they lose Ajayi, they're going to be in some real trouble because they're not going to have anybody. Now, Adams did a decent job of that. I think he, I he looked great. Doing yeah, that. I thought he looked so- I, To me, when I look at a, de- a, a deal like that, um, I just assume, okay, well, it's not like the Bears only called the Eagles or the Eagles called and said, hey, we'll give you a six conditional fifth. He's being shopped. I and know, when you pile up that many that. yards, one, and your team wants to get rid of you, and two, nobody around the league wants to give you a third or a fourth for that, I think it just speaks to, yeah, he's, he's all right. He's, he's good. He's good back. He's probably not, a, you know, he's not a great back. So what's that worth to you? That, and again, that's just kind of how I read that particular trade. If that's all they could get for him, it means most folks around the league were like, eh. Okay. Um, what did you make of Tom Brady <laughs> and doing a dad joke? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He made a tweet. His yeah. first tweet was that he's going to start the best, tweeting more. And then the best part about it is going to retire. And he retire. wouldn't even let it just sit there. What was that, a bad joke or something? Oh, just let it go. Just leave it. Yes, it was a bad joke. Just let it sit there. Don't come back now and being like, what? what? It's like, welcome to Twitter, bud. Well, welcome to Twitter. You're going through your mentions and now you're super sad. You know, nothing better than the bad joke maker than throwing it onto the audience. Right. It's like, hey, wait a minute. What, what tough room. Hey, what exactly. <laughs> no, not a tough room. Just crummy joke you know tom's my friend tom and i are dear friends oh yeah Yeah. you guys go way back well i mean yeah we we spoke at uh at the number of super bowls yeah i feel like you're gonna tell me whether i say yes or no there he is that's my guy good guy that's all right man i love you it's all good it's all good he loves you he does love me Um, hey guys i just joined twitter and i'm going to retire mentions (laughs) mentions 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 oh god what did i do (laughs) do you think he does his own social media or he's a guy. If he has a guy that did that, not only am I firing him, I'm I'm punting him across the Atlantic. Get yeah, out of my here. next tweet is me pointing at the guy who did. <laughs> I didn't write that tweet. It was this guy. Right now, this is the last you'll ever see his face, at least associated with my social. Because he's been feed. pretty. He's pretty active on Instagram. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's Facebook though. Post, so it's like, there's no way. Does Tom spend that much time on his phone scrolling through posts? Like I don't know. I don't think there's any other explanation for why he would come back with that second tweet. Oh, bad joke. Uh, uh. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it was stupid. What are you doing? <laughs> Have we checked at the time of this recording? Those are the only two tweets he's issued now. <laughs> bad joke. And then I like a what? What? That was so bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Let's get to it now. This is a, a good place to start because he's feeling the heat from uh, from the snark makers of uh, of social media. Let's get to it now. Our Zaxville's hot takes presented by Zaxby's famous fingers, wings, and salads. This week, Matt Money Smith, I say on total access that the guy who has the most pressure on him, in fact, I don't want to tell you who I think it is. I'll tell you in just a moment here. You start us off. What player, what coach, if you want to say a whole team even, who has the most pressure as you look ahead to September 2019? Oh, man. Well, I think it's like, you know, you can do the whole Gettleman thing, but nobody expects the Giants to to play really well this year. So to me, like if I'm putting Eddie, that's sorry, Eddie, that was that was not a direct shot at Eddie. I'm just because I think that's obviously one. Everyone's like, God, this guy ruined our team. My goodness. He traded OBJ um, to me. Oh, God. I, I'll, I'll let me go ahead. Let me, you let start. Me buy let me, you let me pull up, yeah, let me let me pull up uh, some standings here, here by saying this. So I can get a look at all the teams. I am easily convinced of things when people speak with uh, with great purpose. Uh, and I felt that Sean O'Hare made a compelling case. Go back and find that one from a couple of weeks ago. Obviously, Giants insider. He feels that the Giants actually could be good. And I can make a case. The Eagles look good. But Carson Wentz and that whole thing's going to be a little bit wonky um, as he takes back over from Nick Foles. I think the the skins appear to be a mess, clearly. And the Cowboys are far from a certainty. I like the Robert Quinn get, no doubt about that. But I still have my questions about that. And that can get sideways quickly with Jason Garrett, one, Dak Prescott, two. And, and, and I still continue, by the way, to be a mild Dak Prescott supporter compared to everybody else. The way people talk about him as though he doesn't belong in the NFL. I don't exactly see that. I think he has a a more clever 
uh, offensive play caller could put D- Dak Prescott into a lot better spots there. And obviously so too would, uh, you know, Amari Cooper's arrival change things a little bit there too. Anywho, I can see the Giants being relevant in that division this year. Anyhow, go ahead. I got it. And I think, and this is, I'm, I'm not trying to be hot takey at all, because I can't imagine very many folks would, would say this, and perhaps it's proximity or recency bias. I mean, Sean McVay and Jared Goff. I mean, here's, here's a dude who's got nine different guys that have been hired as head coaches, replicate what they've done over That's there. That's a great one. Yeah, Jared Goff, who in three different games managed to get little heat back there and performed terribly you know the Bears game obviously the Super Bowl uh, just could not solve that riddle and now going into the final year of his contract you know this is the year well I shouldn't say the final year they can still keep him one more year past this but this is the year that they have extended all of their dudes you know Todd Gurley got the extension they did the extension with Tavon Austin before that year so this is when he's supposed to get his 150 million dollars and so he's got and now you've got two years now you got two seasons worth of film for defensive coordinators to figure this stuff out um and it's not like sean McVay was reinventing anything he's just a very good play caller so i think that's it you know it's like okay these guys took a step from a terrible team to winning a division and losing in the first in a wild card game uh and then they took a step from you know w- winning the albeit through some controversy, their conference and playing terribly offensively in the Super Bowl. Um, Boy, I think that's a dynamite one. And McVay has, as far as I'm concerned, a little bit less pressure. His ability to disguise what he's going to do on any given play was basically, you know, they, uh, we've talked about. This. Now everybody does it. Now in practice, every single team is right. running some of the stuff that he runs. Well, and it's all, as we talked about ad nauseum right after the Super Bowl, it's all predicated on number 30 back there, on Todd Gurley being uh, being so scary that not he's not going to grind you into the ground. No, he's going to just take it to the house, so you must focus on 30. If that ain't there, and we don't know if it's going to be there in 2019 with Todd Gurley, I mean, really, this team could be in trouble. And like you say, Jared Goff is definitely under the white-hot spotlight here. I have already said it. I will say it again for you now. The San Francisco 49ers win the division. So think about that, right? Now you have, you know, and and look, the the Seahawks were a lot better last year than a lot of us thought they were going to be. I mean, there were people... There were people predicting they would have one of the three worst records in football, that defense, even though it lost a lot that of their players. Me. They still, you know, Frank Clark looks like he's going to be back there on the franchise. They'll figure something out there. So you got that team that can heat them up. You got the Niners. They're going to draft Nick Bosa. So now you've got Hill, Buckner, Bosa on that D-line that can heat him up in the, it, D the Cardinals. Yeah, D four, exactly. And D Ford, you know, the Cardinals are still a decent defense with Chandler Jones on one end. I mean, and you got a first place schedule. So like to me, you know, and, and I was just. Who I, else did they get? They got. Um, they, they Who, the Niners? The No, the. Uh, um, the well, the Cardinals brought in Vance Card- Joseph. So oh, they got Jordan Hicks. That's yeah, who else and Jordan got. Hicks. Yeah, they, they've got some nice yeah, and linebacker. But I mean, they brought in, you know, and, and this is nothing against Steve Wilkes. But, you know, there were a lot of teams lined up that wanted Vance. Uh, that thought Vance was going to end up being their DC. Um, he was not, this was not just like, Oh, where can I, where can I land? You know, I got fired as a head coach. Woe is me. No, there were two or three teams that were convinced he was going to be their guy. And they were going to pair him with one of these younger coaches, uh, be it Lafleur in green Bay or Taylor in Cincinnati and all. And he decides no, nah, I'm going to, he's a hell of a defensive coordinator. So that's your division, you know? And I think just all those coaching hires, there's a lot of dude. And by the way, Let's say that the I like Josh Rosen. I've been pretty steadfast about that. But Matt Bunny Smith said, I think it was late August, early September last year. You said, just watch how he looks on the NFL field. And there is something to the eye test of how a guy looks when he's surrounded by uh, college guys versus the pros. And all of a sudden, when Josh Rosen got dropped on that NFL field in August, all of a sudden it looked like, wow, he looks slight. He yeah. just does not look. He does not cut. The, he's, he's narrow uh, an NFL QB figure, and I I know that's a yeah. silly thing to a lot of people, but that's when I watching back in 2004. The guy, the reason I thought uh, Ben Roethlisberger was going to make it 
just watch freak. him run around out there. He he's looks like a QB. He's a big dude and can move and can sling it. I, That's you know. what jumped out. And, and it wasn't fair. I mean, you know, even though maybe it was proven right out of his play, but, you know, the guy had 11 different offensive linemen in front of him. It's hard to judge any of that. But what it was just the preseason game the Chargers played against him when you're there in the stadium watching him. And he's being pursued by Melvin Ingram. And, and I'm like, man, he's he just looks like he's just kind of stiff and slow. And, and I didn't, never saw that at UCLA. Seemed like he was able, because he didn't have a great offensive line in front of him there. And he was able to move the pocket mm-hmm. and move around and look great. And I was like, ooh. It just doesn't but, uh, seem as that fast. speed looks like it's getting to him pretty quick right. there. And uh, so, yeah. But I think, and I think the Niners have had a lot of, uh, have had some solid defensive players added by Lynch and even before Lynch arrived there. But they didn't have splashy guys. Well, that's solved if you get Nick Bosa alongside D Ford. Now you do have that. I think uh, and and then do we trust that Kyle Shanahan is a good judge of quarterback talent? He had to have Jimmy Garoppolo. He wanted Garoppolo. He has him. And, you know, he's, I, I like their ability to run the ball. I think I think that's uh, your team this year. Good call on uh, on. I think Goff's really got the got even more pressure on him. Spaghetti, you want to throw one out here? I was uh, the Rams were my pick. but I'll give another one for this offseason that has generating the most buzz and will continue to is the Cleveland Browns. The Browns come out and, and, and win four or five games. And oh, that's a great one. Hype and Freddie Beckham and Baker after his great rookie season. Like the fans, the problem now is the fans are setting themselves up for failure. So if they don't like at least make a wild card spot, huge failure. I think you're. I think you're absolutely right. The guy who it falls on isn't so much Baker Mayfield. That's Freddie. It's, it, it's Freddie Kitchens. That you've dropped this guy. You've basically changed the story. They were talented last year, and he had success for half a season. But now we just. With the uh, addition of Odell Beckham, never mind anything sure. else that's happened. All of a sudden now, expectations go through the roof. And it's sort of like when we talk about Joe Torre and what was his skill set. It wasn't, uh, yeah, let's bunt in this situation. It was managing the big egos. You've got Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham, who may be best of friends, but both want their share of touches. And Baker Mayfield's got a lot of swagger to him, maybe too much, according to a lot of people. Um, uh, yeah, he's, boy, all of a sudden, Freddie Kitchens, who is a rookie, is now now plagued by the curse of Sposta. If he does, he's supposed to win double digit games. That's a lot of heat to put on See, the rookie. Coach. You know what though? I think there's, I'm going in that division. I think there's more pressure on another team than the Browns, the Ravens. They have completely remade their offense in the mold of, Hey, we are basically going to run a Lamar Jackson centered offense. We're bringing in Mark Ingram. We're bringing in three tight ends. We've invested first-round picks in all these tight ends, so we're going to run a ton of jumbo. Uh, we let wide receivers walk out the door. Willie Sneed is now their number one receiver. It's crazy how it's, that's that that's what they apparently are planning on doing. But I've talked I've talked to people who definitely know what's going on in that building who who say that even there they I by the way I was a hundred percent supportive of the idea for the Ravens I thought it was silly in 2018 that you go and take Lamar Jackson but then you're not going to roll with him and and then Flacco gets hurt and then clearly uh fire is ignited when you drop Lamar Jackson in there the notion that they should have at some point gone back to Flacco in December even in January remember in that game people were saying you know they should put Flacco that all that was silly they needed to ride with Lamar Jackson the reason they made the playoffs was Lamar Jackson and uh, a completely different uh, stylistically uh, different looking offense out there. Still people in 2019 now with the Ravens are saying, or who uh, are talking to people inside that buildings, they understand how are they ever going to get a free agent wide receiver? No one's ever going to sign there. So you better draft them and do that. Well, that's something that the Ravens as an organization, even with Ozzie Newsom moving on, they they haven't done a good job of that for what that matters. And uh, they also understand that the way they're constructed, everything's going to be nip and tuck ergo their low end might be seven and nine. They're probably not going to be abject misery to watch week in and week out, but their high end may well be nine and seven now that they're not going to just dominate. They're not a 13 win team under any circumstance. When I was, um, I, I, I think I can do this, pull back the curtain a little bit. So they come out to L.A., right, and they beat up on the Chargers pretty good. Gash them in the middle of the defense, run it down their throat. Lamar Jackson's able to extend plays, a couple big ones here and there. Defense, solid, stout, takes advantage of a late turnover to lock that thing up. Um, when we went to Baltimore, I hate doing that. When the Chargers went to Baltimore to play the wild card game, everybody you know, as we're walking around the press level, all the people that cover the team, some of the team officials that we come across, they're like, 
man, we, we haven't felt this good about a game in a long time. We just, you know, bad matchup for the Chargers. I mean, you look at what we got going, and we we really feel like, hey, it doesn't end here. We're going to win here, and, and we know we can present problems uh, to the Chiefs or to the, to the uh, Patriots and stuff. And then you go into the Chargers side, and they're like, oh, we got it. Yeah, we saw it. They jumped us. We blew it. We we just, you know, we, we, we had a bad game plan. We've got it figured out now. We're good. And look how it ended up. Well, Second time Maurice they saw Jones him. Drew was the <clears throat> the first guy who at least told me this. And uh, I, I, I've heard word of this, that they've really, what the Ravens have done is go to the Louisville coaches and the people who coached Lamar Jackson to the success in college and are trying to figure out how to, uh, to, to do things the same way there, to put him in good spots, throwing the ball. We'll see if that works, but that's a good call too, because they could. Because barely- you know what happens. Sorry, interrupt, but you know, there's a reason why. And I, I think, you know, for people that watch college football, like, Oh, why can't they do this in the pros? You know, the mesh, you can't run that a hundred times or whatever, 60 times a game because fumbles are going to happen. And that's what happened in that wild card game. It's like, okay, you want to run, you know, you have Lamar in its pistol or you've got that diamond formation and you're running the mesh. Well, guess what? When you're doing that nine, 10 times on these systems, they had a drive that was, I think it was 16 plays. Uh, it covered like nine minutes and it went like 47 yards. It's like that's and every single snap is Lamar with that ball in Gus Edwards gut and he's pulling it out or he's handing up. And guess what? They're going to fumble it. And they fumble it four times because that's a tough offense to run when you've got guys like Bosa and Melvin Ingram bearing down on you. You've got to make that decision a hell of a lot quicker than you do in college. And that's how that ball squirts out. I think they fumbled it four times and lost two of them. Yeah, and Lamar Jackson was taking some shots, you know, like as it was going along, and that's everything to me. If right. you're if you're going to try that kind of ball in the NFL, you're going to either have a QB who just has that, uh, I don't think it's intuition, but just has the instinct, get down a split second before I take the smack. And then other guys just never figure that out. And then they're, they're RG three. Yeah. They're watching. And they've taken too many, you know, they're, you you have to be able to deflect contact and, and Lamar's, you know, he's not, he's not a big guy, but he's not a small guy either. I mean, I think he's, he's plenty big enough, but man, when you're running like that, cause you know, when you're running upright, I mean, yeah, gonna, but he's a drink of water, though. He's yeah. very slight. Uh, yeah, he's tall. But um, anyway, I, I like that call. I'll just round it out with this one. Carson Wentz. I think Carson Wentz Great one. Is, is, in, uh, is in some tough spot that the guy who has been his backup, clearly, it escaped, it escaped just um, fans in the stands or on social media. It, exce- it exceeded just local media. Collinsworth on national TV before the end of the first game um, with Nick Foles was kind of saying like, they just seem like they're running the offense a little bit better under Foles. And that word got out and it's clear that the coaches uh, in Philadelphia were saying that by January. Yeah, we get it. Carson Wentz is the more talented guy, but but Foles really just gets what we are trying to do here a little bit better. He has got so much pressure on him and the idea, well, you'd be so talented. All right. Not everybody rises to it. I don't know if Carson Wentz will maybe he's uh, been able to stay healthy yeah yeah. that's another thing too that i mean that's a legitimate other yeah i mean he was uh, beat up in college you know lost a year in college lost extra games in college now he's you know been injured every year in in uh in his pro career but at least he's in philadelphia so (laughs) very understanding they'll give him a break there yeah I remember your uh, your issue. Remember you were talking about how they were booing him after he was picked. And you're like, what's wrong with you people? He's your quarterback. You don't boo him. Now, it's not like they can return him like, you know what? Our fans don't like him. Let's uh, let's give him back. No, you need to build confidence for this guy that just they got drafted. They booed Bryce Harper in his first game in Philadelphia. What I mean, you know. That tail wags the dog. They don't like that, though. When you mention like, that was weird and out of bounds, Philadelphia sports fans. Like, what? Everybody. No. All right. Well, they're a lot of incidents you know i don't know what you want me to tell you <laughs> that's just, yeah. then tell people to stop i never did that all right but the, but i think the reputation is kind of uh we get it kind of earned right we get it yeah, yeah i'm let, with you yeah anyway all right enough about that good stuff overall uh thanks very much for uh making good to be back for us as always matt money smith next time shame the devil if if handsome hank is isn't seated next where is he year. he's uh, in, in china, china right now spreading the good word about pro football what a joy. I know. Hello. Can imagine him walking around China. 
He's six a giant. Six people four? will stop and take photos with him. Oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah, yeah they will. Six four whitey. They're gonna think running it, around China. Come on, they're gonna poking like these. Must, yeah, I'm here to celebrate the great game of pro football gridiron. I'm uh, anxious to get a review on the food. Everybody oh. that goes to China, I was uh, fortunate enough to play. Uh, we, I think we talked about it right in that uh, that um, pro am at Riviera, and I was playing with Patrick Cantlay, who was over in China for one of the world golf events. And he's like, dude, I've been there three times, and I still can't get it right. He's like, you know, you think you get the most American thing. He's like, so when I first went over, that's what they told me. So I ordered like, okay, I'll just get chicken breast and vegetables, and that's it. He goes, dude, the first bite I took out of chicken breast, it was like they seared it. I thought I was going to die. He's like, so they don't really know how to make American food. He's like, so then they were like, oh, just get Chinese food. It's not the same as we have here, but just look on the menu for the thing that looks the most like what we might have here and order that. He's like, that didn't work. He said, it is it is No General Sal's chicken? Yeah, like no orange chicken for you to uh, slather up in some sugary sauce and deep fry it. He said, it is such a challenge to try to get it right over there. Um, so that'll be fun when that right. gets back. Spaghetti, we have uh, somebody coming into 66, so we'll wrap it up here. Last thing, Matt Money Smith, among his many skills, is knowing what's going down in the NBA. Well, let's let's do NBA when we'll the next playoffs week. are here. Yeah, we'll but do I, next I, week. I, real week quick, after. Zion plays for the Knickerbockers or the Lakers, which is more likely in 2019. Well, somebody mentioned that oh, definitely actually, the Knicks. Puma, Puma, the, the great and delightful stage manager here at NFL media said, I think the Lakers are going to trade LeBron to get the first overall. They're not going to trade LeBron. Are no, they? gosh, no. But well, that no. rumors out there. Yeah. Well, no, that's, that was a, uh, I think that was a Colin thing. It was a, it was another stupid, dumbass hot take from Colin Coward. And it's like, okay, well one, you're not oh, going to so trade. There's no, no, you're not going to trade LeBron one. Does you're he have not. a no trade? Uh-huh. Well, does he have a no trade? He, has a, he does not have a no trade, uh, which is interesting. But two, because by the way, if you trade LeBron, guess who's never going to come here? A free agent ever again. So you can't oh, yeah, do that. Point. Number two, why, if you're a team that's that bad and rebuilding, are you going to trade for LeBron? Like that's, that's the other part of it. It's like, okay, you can get, Zion Williamson, number one, he's going to bring all the heat that LeBron would bring because there's that much excitement around that guy. And you now have him cost controlled for five years or for four years. So that's it takes two people to make this trade. So why are you doing it if you're the Cleveland Cavaliers or the the Bulls or the Knicks when you just draft Zion? I mean, I get it if you want to trade the number one for Anthony Davis. Is Zion you know, like a great pro? You know, I don't... Uh, my position on this stuff is just me regurgitating what I hear from other people that are that are in it. He's going to be great, but I think there's still a little bit of concern about how my, you know you're watching him against college players. Is he able to be that explosive, that quick um, around the rim, be that physical when he's around bigger guys? Um, he's he's a, just a completely different. Uh, never guy. seen anything like it. But those guys who make a lot of hay. What was the kid's name? Scott May. Or Sean Scott, May. Oh, Sean May from Sean Indiana. May, but Scott, he was kind of a plotter and heavy. That's and, what I'm saying. I'm yeah. saying if you're saying, well, he's not big enough. Well, Sean May wasn't big enough. Why is I mean, they're completely de- I mean, yeah. the bounce that uh, he's Zion so explosive. Just the one thing that like my guy for all this stuff is Don McClain. He works them out. He doesn't just do stuff for the Pac-12 and college basketball, but he works for an agency and all of their hmm. product, they're all of their clients. He gets them ready for the draft. So when Paul George was coming out, he was like, hey. I'm telling you right now, this kid, Paul George, is going to be one of mm. the best players in basketball. And I'm and I'm just hoping he goes in the freaking lottery. And he said it about Spider Mitchell. He had Donovan Mitchell. And he's like, this dude should be the number two pick. I don't know what people are looking at. He's so good and rangy. And now look at Spider Mitchell. And his big thing is uh, John Morant. He's like, if I got the number one pick, I'm taking job. Never seen vision like that. The ability to navigate an offense, to shoot, to pass, to move. So he's he's like, if I got number one, that's the guy I'm taking. Huh. So there Fascinating you Fascinating stuff. Don McClain, best right. friend of the Petros and Money Show. Make sure you check that out on iHeartRadio or if you happen to be in Los Angeles, the great uh, Petros and Money Show. Uh, make sure you listen to that. Matt Money Smith, continued success with Million Appreciate Dollar it. Mile. CBS, 9 p.m. Wednesday nights. Listen be to there. Kent, mom's, uh, Kent Brown's mom's review. If you don't believe that it's a great show, just listen to what that lady had to say, huh? 
Kent, he's got his hair slicked back. I don't know what to think about it. Um, all right. Good times, Matt Money. Schmidt. Thanks so much. And uh, and we'll kibitz with you later on. In the meantime, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice. I have it. Hit the post. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.